Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome back, everybody. Thank you, thank you, thank you for downloading, for subscribing, for listening in uh, to this podcast. We do so appreciate everybody. Indeed, this is One Man's Opinion, episode number 70. That's right. Never thought we'd make it this far. Really appreciate all the feedback, both positive and negative, you guys have been given over the last couple of days, weeks, just past 100,000 downloads on Stitcher. I got the old uh, Stitcher T-shirt that they send you for the 100K downloads. Uh, appreciate them. If you're listening there, Stitcher people, we love you out there. Um, iTunes, Google Play, however you've chosen to listen in and make us part of your day. We do so appreciate it, one and all. I am Jeff Mans. if you're just stumbling in. This is One Man's Opinion, and you could find my work over at fantasyguru.com, the 2021 Fantasy Football Draft Guide. It's live projections, rankings, coaching breakdowns, offensive lines, IDP, two quarterback leagues, auction league format, redraft keeper tools, the My Guru uh, Assistant, where you could mock draft, and it helps tells you when you're on the clock who you you should be drafting folks it's all over there one low price early bird pricing still available to you as of uh through the month of june so get over there fantasyguru.com if elitefantasy.com for all your daily fantasy sports needs we got a summer special going on there for the rest of the uh, mlb scene through august i should say for daily fantasy baseball that includes everything we offer esports PGA, NASCAR, postseason NBA, postseason NHL, soccer. Our guy Duke has absolutely been uh, smashing it over there as well. That includes lineup optimizers, projections, everything that you need over there. Also preseason NFL, that includes folks. So get over to EliteFantasy.com. And if you get in there now, Elite Sports Data, our brand new baby, just birthed this sucker Weeks ago, it's all the data you need for every major sport, including the smash tool for Major League Baseball. Pitchers, hitters, our bullpen usage charts, our in-game box scores, odds to win, projections, our own lines for those in sports betting. Elite Sports Data is included with your Elite Fantasy subscription now through the end of June as well. So get over there, EliteSportsBetting.com for all your legalized sports betting needs as well. You could find me on social media at Jeff underscore Mans, the Jeff Mans on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and my favorite TikTok, everybody. All right, folks, it's not just going to be me droning on aimlessly for you today. I've got one of, I've got my secret weapon in the house, the man behind the man, everybody, the guy that does so much of the heavy lifting over at Elite Sports Betting, Fantasy Guru, EliteFantasy.com. My guy, Scotty B. Scott Bonder, joined us on episode 70. Scotty, what is up, my dude? Hey, what's going on, Jeff? That's a very uh, humbling intro. I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> they, uh, what, do, what do they say? I'm a first-time caller, long-time listener. Long-time listener? Yeah, Jeff. So, well, you're uh, but, uh, one of the few, man. Well, we appreciate <laughs> you, Scott. Scott is the guy, folks. We all have this in our lives. Like, Scott's the guy, and I, I'm so happy to have you on the show, dude, because I, I was telling you right before we went live here, it's just we have a kind of big company, and, you know, there's people that come and go and everything else. You've been with us from Guru Elite through Elite Fantasy, Elite Sports Network for a while now, and you're just 
guy I, I could count on. Like you, you great work. Cust always there for our customers. Always grinding. You're always going to know what you're talking about, whether I, I throw a football question at you, a freaking college football question at you, freaking NBA, baseball. You do the dong detector over there, uh, predicting home runs for us, both in the betting side and the uh, the DFS side. So I'm happy to get you on for this. And, uh, you know, we'll spend an hour giving everybody the lowdown and uh, the backstory of Scott Bonder, man. You ready to be, uh, to, to have the curtain ripped away? Yeah, let's rip the Band-Aid off real quick. Let's go. Uh, yeah, so, dude, first off, tell everybody a little bit about yourself and, you know, sort of what you do now. But then I want to hear the background. I want to hear the Scotty B story here, like growing up being a sports fan. I know you live out in, in like, West Virginia and um, in the Maryland area. So, like, you're an East Coast guy. Sports affiliations. Give us, give us your backstory a little bit here, man. Yeah, sure. Um, well, I grew up in Ohio and Northeast Ohio, kind of pretty much where LeBron, Akron, Youngstown area. Yeah. I actually saw LeBron James when he was a sophomore. My dad had called me and said, hey, this kid's putting up 30 points in high school. <laughs> yeah. So we went over there and we watched, it was standing room only. One of the coolest things I ever saw. I just never expected the guy to be what he is now. Right. Um, but growing up, you know, it was always my dad and I um, just watching sports. He was a huge Yankee fan. He basically sat there and just watched sports. He would keep stats. Um, I was more of a uh, an NFL um, and also an NBA fan. I loved Barry Sanders. I started, you know, watching sports in, in like 89, 90. And that was when Sanders just came up. And my dad and I are both Lions fans. Um, and we just, you know, we grew together watching um, Sanders. I mean, you know, sometimes – you know, you just can't believe how good that guy was. Um, it was a bonding experience for, for us. And, you know, I never was like the greatest athlete, but I always played just to kind of keep the, uh, you know, the teamwork and kind of have something to do um, as I was growing up. Uh, so your affiliation, so you grew, up, you grew up, you said Southeast Ohio? Northeast Ohio. North, Northeast, North Akron. That's right. Um, so, I mean, you just mentioned dad's a Yankee fan. You guys are kind of into the lions. Like you were, what are your team affiliations? I, that's the one thing folks, by the way, you, I am sitting here trying to remember. I'm like, what are Scott's teams? That's a good sign as an analyst. When I don't know where your teams are and who your guy, that's a great sign that you're pretty freaking good analyst quite honestly, because so much bias comes uh, across in, in a lot of our work. Who are your teams? So um, for the NFL, I'm a, I'm a Lions fan. Um, okay. yeah. So <laughs> ironically, the uh, NFL is not really my best uh, DFS. <laughs> I do have bias. <laughs> oh, you do? Okay. Rodgers and, and, you know, Bears. I know you're a big, big Bears fan. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, in baseball, I follow the Nationals um, just because I've been in this area. Right when the Nationals started up, I kind of just attached myself to them. Um, sure. Never liked any of the Cleveland uh, teams just because when you grow up in there, and, and obviously I can't stand any kind of Pittsburgh team. Right. Um, not a hockey fan. Uh, just college football is Ohio State. Um, okay. There's your okay. one in-state one. Yeah. The Ohio that. State. Yeah. Um, the one thing I was going to say, too, is Rob and I are actually from – Rob, the company guy. Rob, yeah, yeah. Rob Brink, our CEO. Yeah, yeah. He's from the same. We're from the same hometown. Really? 
Oh my you know? God. Did, did you know him? Is he, nope. was he, you, you, when you went back to Barry Sanders, I'd look at Scotty, but you're always like, to me, you're, you're the young guy in the, the group just because I'm old and decrepit. And so is Rob. But I mean, how many years apart were you guys in the same area? Class of 98. We we're both 98. Really? So you knew him? No, I did not. No, oh, he, okay. he went to a, to a, to a smaller school. Okay. Uh, but he ended up going to Youngstown state and I'd went, went to the Navy. Okay. So, had I went to Youngstown State myself, I'm sure we'd have came across each other. Wow, that's, uh, that's I don't know the that's only reason that. I knew that was because we talked one time and I saw the area code and yeah, long before he's from the same place, from the same same area, man. That's that's why I I'm bummed because I would have absolutely paid top dollar for some great Rob Brink stories <laughs> as a kid and uh, <laughs> you, you like knocking his books out of his hand or something in high school, man. I. <laughs> It would have paid or something. Yeah, that would have been a highlight of of my life of this show. That's for sure. You mentioned you went into the Navy, you said. Yeah. So um, after after high school, um, I joined the Navy in '98. Immediately right after high school, um, became a uh, hospital corpsman, and basically I did that just because I wanted something when I got out of the Navy. You know, I wanted yeah. to be a nurse or whatnot, and um, I did that. Did a couple tours with the Marines, went to Afghanistan, went oh, to Iraq, um, you know, but I still watched sports. I still followed it. I was always the guy that would run the March Madness bracket. I was always the guy to get everybody together for fantasy football. I was always, you know, kind of keeping things because I think, you know, in, in life, sports kind of brings people together. You know, obviously, uh-huh. everybody watches the NFL. I mean, everybody, you know, but getting the March Madness, that's always a big thing where everybody just can pick whatever team they want, you know, it's. And it always, you can find connections with people that way. And I kind of utilize that in the military because we, you know, you have brothers and sisters in the military. It's, you work with a lot of people, a melting pot everywhere. And um, I use sports to kind of connect with people. And they used to call me stat boy and all that stuff like that. <laughs> nice. Uh, you know, so that was, that was pretty much what I, you know, I did 20 years in the Navy and um Wow, man, that's impressive, dude. I mean, my my old man was in the Navy. I've talked about that be, before um, out there during the Korean conflict that he was out in the Pacific and the Philippines and he was actually stationed in Hawaii for a while. But what was that? What's that like? Like you're out there, you mentioned you're a sports fan. I mean, what was the communication, you know, reporting back? You're out there in Afghanistan and, and everything else. And by, oh, shit, you were there during 9-11. So you were enlisted during 9-11? Correct. Yeah, I was out in 29 Palms. Um, wow. I got up, turned the TV on, saw the towers fall because um, we were three hours behind. So, it was, yeah. it was, you know, um, yeah, it's one of those things. We came into work and everybody was, you know, locked down. It was it was nuts. I mean, for three or four days, we, we thought we were going to Afghanistan within 24, 48 hours, but we never did. Mm-hmm. Uh, other people went, not me, my units. Um, but they were sending people right, right as that happened. I mean, yeah. what, was it like red alert time? I mean, everybody, I, I imagine they were gearing everybody up that, you know, we're, we're at war right after those, those buildings were falling, huh? Yeah, there, there was a lot of rumors going around. Um, I ended up going to Egypt uh, three or four months later um, okay. in November of that year. But we weren't allowed to leave base. We still had high security and stuff like that. But um, we never... We didn't, I didn't go over to Iraq until 2003, 2004. I was over, actually over there the year the White Sox won the World Series. Oh, oh, 05. There you go. Yeah. Now we're, now we're talking. I mean, what was, were you guys getting sports 
information out there we're able to watch games i mean i know you're you're possibly busy but i mean what was i was able to keep up with my fantasy football team were you really nice yeah my my uh my ex-wife now but i used to call her and she was in the league too and Mm -hmm. you know i still have messages where she sent me like should i play kevin jones this week because you know know, fans Yeah. yeah she's asking me but um no, I mean you, 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 you kind of make it happen. You kind of get it's a distraction. Um, yeah, you have limited time on the phones, but you know it was kind of a kind of way to keep your mind off of things. Um, right. I mean, what was it like out there, man? I mean, twenty years in the military. First of all, I, mean, I don't know if I've ever officially done that or not, but I got to thank you for your service. That means a lot to me. Uh, I, you know, growing up, I almost enlisted in the army. I didn't. Um, but I think much like you, and I'm you know, a couple of years older, looking for something else, you know, looking for an opportunity. And like I said, my, my grandfather had been uh, Navy, my dad, or my grandfather was Army. My dad was the Navy. And I didn't really get it, truth be told, until my father passed away in 99. I got the letter and my mom got the flag. And that flag is still at my brother's to this day. And it just, that means something to me like that put it a perspective like how important it is all our men and women in our country overseas that protect all you know so that i could sit here and blab about nonsense forever on a fucking podcast and uh, you guys are out doing the, the heavy lifting so man first of all appreciate your service and thank you for your service scott because uh if i've never said that before i, I need to do that now because that means a lot um what so for 20 years what is I mean, just take us through that a little bit. I mean, just what it takes mentally and emotionally to um, rise up the ranks of our military and to be stationed all over the world. Well, it's kind of, it's kind of like, um, well, I really wasn't stationed all over the world. I went to Okinawa and it was uh, Iraq and Afghanistan. I played most of my last 12 years. I was in the DC area from. Virginia. Okay. And so mm-hmm. um, being my job being medical it was mostly with marine corps i was actually on a ship for two weeks only out of 20 years okay so i was more on the ground running around with marines or at, at a hospital but i mean the mentality is is you know they always say mission first sailors you know always mm-hmm. and that's kind of like the mentality i've got. I kind of had that as i got an out and kind of moved on even with this company here you know we have to get the the best product out to the customers we have to do you know, look the extra statistics up, you know, you, you went as far as you and Ray made that smash um, projection, you know, that's the type of stuff that you, you know, you do to just to get the mission done, you know, to, to give people an opportunity, like you said, to sit behind a microphone and, and do stuff, you know, go the extra mile. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of men and women that, you know, have given way more than, you know, I was, I was given and, and you know, and I'm grateful for them, you know, for doing that. And, I think Damn that's it. mentality. You just kind of get, you kind of always want to do your best. And then, you know, they say that was GI Joe. Uh, what do they like? Be all you can be. The army was, uh, would always yeah. say, back in the day. you know, and that's pretty much what it is. You know, you, you take advantage of the, 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 the luxury of having, you know, a paycheck every month, but you also have good benefits, you know, but you're also, you know, you're putting your life at risk. Or at least some people are. 
um, every sure. day. Well, it, it's about the sacrifice. I mean, that that's the thing, man. I, I got to tell you, that's what it's all about. And I didn't get a chance. I didn't, never picked my, my old man's brain about this uh, um, when I should have when I was younger. But that the few things he did tell me, it was about like sacrificing. It was like giving up. You're, you don't know where you're going to be stationed necessarily. Sure, you have some uh you'll call in that i guess but you don't know when those towers go down you got to be ready for battle you got to be ready to go wherever you're needed and you know what use that mission first people always or whatever like that's i mean that's uh, that's huge and to being a part of a the marine corps or navy and a battalion like that is just very impressive and i think it does teach young men and women the right way because as you said, whether it's business here or doing a, run a fancy sports company or whether it's parenting your kids or whatever, like you've, you've learned traits that will be there forever. And I think that's, you know, that's so impressive right there. Um, so you're following fantasy, you're following sports, you're playing fantasy football leagues. Is fantasy sports big? I know I've got a lot of questions overseas during the football season, but are you guys playing fantasy baseball leagues? Are you playing fantasy football leagues like amongst each other? Or how's it going now when you're in the service? Um, so the fantasy baseball leagues are, you know, with them being so drawn out. I mean, I have a hard time finding 10 people that will pay attention that long. Yeah. Um, so you kind of like after the years, you kind of can get folks that are kind of like focused on um, on the league because, you know, the industry turns to NFL June 1st. I mean, even July 1st, you're already like people are giving up if they don't have you know, the teams that are up there. Um, but uh, March Madness is always big. I mean, especially yeah. especially when you have so many people that are in, you know, all parts of the country, you know, you, you know men and women from Texas, Florida, you got so many schools. I mean, that's one of the events that kind of brings everybody together, but also because you have so many people from different parts of the world, especially the U.S. that would have affiliations with, with teams. So a lot of people play that. Um, College football, same thing. Um, you know, a lot of bowl games. I, I used to mm. run a bowl game thing. Uh, that. That, yeah, that was those are always fun. Just because there's every single game every day. You know, there's so many so many games to watch. It kind of keeps your mind off of it. I, you know, I was lucky to be overseas when the NFL seasons were going on. Uh-huh. So, just like you prepare for fantasy football, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, go by quick. And that's how it was over there where you had 16 weeks, 17 weeks now, but you knew each week as you got closer, you were getting closer to getting home. So it was kind of, it kind of made the time go faster as you kind of followed the NFL season. Yeah. And the football week is so, even though it's once a week or technically, I guess Mondays and Thursdays too, but it's regimented, which I'm sure, correct, you know, kind of suits perfectly with what you guys were doing. Had this on this day, that on this, on that day. Um, makes a lot of sense. So uh, you're, you get out of school, you go into the service, you've been sort of in the service, you spent 20 years doing that. I mean, are you watching games? Are you like, like you're playing fantasy the whole time throughout? Like, I mean, I'm trying to piece together where Scotty B was. Well, I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, the, the, the times I was overseas wasn't completely the 20 years. So, I mean, a lot yeah. of times I was in Annapolis for a good part. That's kind of where we started our fantasy football league that I have run in. We've been mm-hmm. playing it for about 
almost man almost 20 years now at this point it was wow peterson's first year i think oh six oh seven oh six yeah yeah wow yeah. Almost, almost um not 20 10 15 whatever but 15. still <laughs> i remember that year man i remember i traded my whole draft for adrian peterson coming out of what was oklahoma i remember my buddy pedro and uh in the league we're still in but I, I traded, I said, you could have my entire draft. We only kept like two or three guys. I traded them all three of my keepers. I can't remember who they are. And then I, we did this thing where I gave him, he moved ahead of me in every single round of the draft. I let him have every single round. And I remember Schuster telling me I was fucking crazy because, oh, it gets hurt and shoulder and all this. I'm like, no, they got Steve Hutchinson. They've got, uh, um, uh, I'm blanking on the left tackle. That was so good up there for Minnesota. I'm like, now this kid's going to smash. And he did right out of the gate, man. I remember him running over my bears in like week four, thinking for like 290 yards, just, just nuts. So yeah, I'll always remember that AP season. Corey Stringer. Is that you talking about? No, Stringer's the one who passed away. Yeah, yeah he was the right tackle. There was, uh, it was uh, Hutchinson and uh, man, I, I keep blanking on that uh, the left tackle. Um, I, I totally cannot remember what it was, but I'll I'll remember eventually. My old brain will get the going. But they had just the thing that people don't realize about that season is sure that Adrian Peterson was there, but. When he came in, that's the year that the Vikings signed Steve Hutchinson, the left guard, to a poison pill contract so that mm-hmm. the Seattle Se- Seahawks couldn't keep him because that's who was blocking for Sean Alexander, Hutchinson and Walter Jones on the left side. So Hutchinson gets to go to the Vikings and, uh, um, it, you know, gets paired with um, um, yeah, whoever the left tackle was. Bryant McKinney, that was it. Boom, right? I think mm-hmm. it was Bryant McKinney. He's huge, like six seven massive mountain of a guy um yeah it was brian mckinney that had to have been it and and i'm like well they run behind the get guy with peterson's size running behind that side uh, i'll give you my whole draft i want mike dick on him and it uh, turns out I, I still won the deal even with a higher pick and won the league that year so yeah my buddies that are on my chat are probably gonna be excited hearing the fact that you just talked about the minnesota vikings um, oh they're vikings fans yeah, two Vikings. Yeah, Chris Rose and uh, Mike Mike Pillow. He oh, they, love Rose. Rose is a great dude. Another fellow analyst at FTN. He's he's a good dude. I like yeah, Chris yeah. a lot. Chris is a good dude. And then Mike is over there too. He does their college football. We always talk in our little, oh, beautiful. Group, little group chat. Uh-huh. Guys that I've been and those are the guys I kind of started out with at um, Daily Roto Sharks and those other smaller companies. Yeah, well, so the, the, take us through that. I want to hear about, you know, getting into the industry, dude, because it's, it's wild. We get all types that come in, and for whatever reason, we're attracted to sports first, then we play fantasy. Most mm-hmm. of us had some degree of, of success, um, except for Rob, um, but <laughs> others of us had success, <laughs> success. That's just a test whether or not he's listening or not. But And then we decide, like, all right, well, let's make it a career. Let's make this a job at first and sort of work our way up. And that's why I have mad respect for Scott Bonder here, folks, because Scotty has just done everything we ask and, and everything for the customers and just grind it. And I know how difficult it is doing, you know, I, I was a player notes guy, you know, writing little quips here and there for Roto world and, and eventually alarm and doing my own news feeds and all this kind of stuff. Those shops don't get a lot of attention and nobody really knows the guy behind those quips. Um, we don't do them, thank God, any, anymore over here. But 
how did you decide to get into the industry first off? Well, uh, so, you know, I mentioned the, the stat boy stuff and um, yeah. I was on Twitter mm-hmm. and somebody, one of the w- websites was like, Hey, we're looking for an NBA writer. And I was like, Hey, I'll do it. Wrote the guy. Um, Daily Roto Shark sent me a thing. It's like, just, you know, you can start writing on this date. You know, it was like in February of 16, maybe. I can't mm-hmm. remember. But anyways, so I would just write, you know, a power forward, a center, guard, small forward, whatever. For DFS, this is DFS? DFS, yeah. It was it was for Daily Roto Sharks. Well, when did you learn it? When did you start getting into DFS then? So you're talking 2016. So, this is a couple yeah. years into it. Did you? So, I just looked at my FanDuel account and I have no idea why I was playing it back there. April of 2013, I was okay. signed up for FanDuel. Okay. Right. I don't even remember like my. <laughs> you don't remember playing then? No, no, because I remember throwing five or six dollars in head to heads and stuff like that. Because I remember they had a two dollar contest back then mm-hmm. where for like GPPs, yeah. but I wasn't, I really wasn't into it until probably 2015. Um, I was joining on like the Facebook groups and like that, those things like there was kind of like, you know, we, how we have it elite, you'd have one alpha male. So that would be like the Jeff Manns of the group Uh-oh. and everybody would listen to him. Mm-hmm. And that guy would do like FaceTime live streams. And sometimes, you know, when, when they win, they kind of like, some people would put their own picks out there, but I was all over these Facebook groups and yeah. these, they became like, and some of them actually turn into a couple of sites right now that are actually, um, you kind of kept people together really and, um, yeah we were on there we we're my buddy josh and i i grew up he grew up with me um in youngstown we kind of connected with the fantasy sports you know we were playing fantasy football so we're like right. hey want to try to draft kings out and you know you saw the advertisements coming like that one year yeah. and i had joined that year um to kind of go that way but you know, DFS was, was just like a, uh, you know, it was like a, it's a habit to me. Like, you know, it's something I enjoy. I think I've probably not had one day off of DFS since I started it. You know, I'll play at least one game, um, right. no matter what, just to kind of have that little sweat or, you know, excitement for the day, see somebody hit a home run or, you know, were sport. you an NBA guy? Cause you mentioned you, you took the ad for daily Roto sharks and it was a no. NBA. So you weren't in the NBA at all at that point. No, I like, I'll, just, I'll well, just do it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was, but not like I am now. Like I was just mm-hmm. like, you know, it's an opportunity. Let me just go. And it's just kind of like the baseball. Like I knew nothing about baseball until they asked me to write about home runs. Like, honestly, wow. like I didn't realize the math. I didn't realize the, the heat indexes, the mm-hmm. launch angles, because my dad would watch baseball and I never understood why he watched baseball. I was like, this is, this is so boring. You were like, bored of it back in those yeah. days. Yeah. Wow. So once we kind of, you know, he passed away in 2014. Mm-hmm. So I, I dove into like the baseball analyst side and stuff like that when they, when they wanted me to write about home runs. And I was like, man, this is, this is actually pretty neat. You know, this is actually, you know, there's, it's, it's a game of chess. And I try to explain that to people when they're like, Oh, baseball is so boring. But I'm like, yeah. It's boring if you don't understand it. Like if you don't, if you don't realize like the shift and the different, the right. different, you know, pitching, like we pitch talked type about. and oh contact God, type. Cool. Like there's a lot to it. There's a lot of layer for somebody, but I, I think that you're right. There, you, you have to have a certain mind for like, you want to know the why, like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I think that's what intrigues people. You're right about the game being boring too. I love baseball. I grew up with baseball, but I have to admit, and I get a lot of flack for, for calling it boring and 
and things like that. But it's the facts. The kids aren't going to play this for the reasons the young Scott Bonder wasn't into it. Dude, you graduated in 98. That's mm-hmm. Sosa McGuire time. And you're like, eh, whatever. Like, I mean, that's that tells you that the game has trouble attracting younger audiences. You know, the funny thing is, I didn't even know about St. Sosa and McGuire because I'm at boot camp. Oh, yeah. Okay. I watched that summer of um, ESPN, Mm -hmm. whatever it was on ESPN. I was like, I had goosebumps. I'm like, how did I not know about this? I mean, McGuire, for one, was so big. And like every swing when he it was like it was like uh, like a video game. And then Sosa was just like so charismatic i'm like i didn't even know he hit 70 home runs like i didn't even i was in boot camp yeah, yeah, no yeah. communication um i was so happy watching that show i'm like man this was awesome i couldn't imagine what it have been like living this watching this every single night and then had them having that series towards the end of the season yeah. i mean that must have been so cool because i was like i didn't know anything really i mean i knew that mcguire broke the record and, but mm-hmm. the way yeah. it was covered i mean it, it was great. I'll tell you. I mean, I was, a, again, I'm a little bit older, but I had turned 21 that year and we went to St. Louis and I, there was a, uh, we went to a game against the Dodgers in that one. And we had gotten, and I told some of the story on one of the previous episodes, but we gotten a couple of home run balls from the Dodgers during batting practice. This is the old Bush stadium. And me and my buddies that do that. And then we watched the game and McGuire took two swings the entire game. He had four at bats. He only swung the bat twice. The whole never both times hit it into big Mac land, like 400 feet down the left field line and absolutely uh, just crushed it. It was unbelievable. And then we went back to our hotel and we told everybody we caught the balls, the McGuire's <laughs> home run ball. And they honestly, they gave us the presidential suite of the hotel. We were wow. staying in Clayton, Missouri. We got the top level, whole thing, four bedrooms. There's four of, of us guys that were out there for the trip. We got a four bedroom, full top level suite of a holiday Inn in Clayton, Missouri, uh, because we tricked and lied our way into it. But but that, it was magical. I mean, that, that summer was something else. That's for sure. Uh, wow. That's wild, man. And to have that unique perspective on it. So you're growing up, you're not into MLB, you're not into NBA, really. Um, you're a football fan, mostly, I, I assume, at that point? Yeah, pretty much. Um, you know, like I said, the Lions, fine. I got to watch them win their only playoff game. So I have that in my my life. Wow. When was <laughs> I'm trying to think, was that Wayne Font's era or no? Uh, Kramer, it was when Kramer at Parent Sanders had that famous run where he turned Tony Castillo around backwards in the playoffs. Yes. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. That was unbelievable. Yeah. The Lions. Man, that's so incredible. About that, man. That guy was like, I would watch YouTube videos right now if I could. Um, just how great he is. Just, yeah. I I show my sons and they're like, what's, I'm like, no way. They think it's a video game. Yeah, really. I mean, because he was, he was like a human video game back then. So, all right. So you're getting into that you're doing, this is so like you from what I know, at least, because you're like, all right, yeah, I just want a job. What you start playing DFS, let's say around 2013 ish or whatever, at least you're, you're where you're seeing the commercials on that. But at what point, what made you think for one, when were you first aware there was a fantasy sports industry, like that there are actual jobs that provide analysis? When did you, do you remember how you came across that? Was it Matthew Barry or how did you step into it? 
Yeah, I mean, I used to always watch ESPN's uh, little Matthew Berry fantasy thing before mm-hmm. the games and stuff like that. Um, I was always on Twitter, um, but I never used Twitter for 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 DFS. I kind of only just used Twitter just for like sports updates for like my teams and stuff. You know, whether or not my fantasy team that was unseasonal was playing or something like that. Yeah. Um, which. You know, I didn't have a following. I just would follow certain people. But yeah, Matthew Barry, um, you know, those guys like that were probably. But did you know it was a job? Like, when did you realize that? Because I remember I was, I remember for me, it was like Matthew Barry had sold his company, Talented Mr. Roto, and to ESPN. And at that point, I'm like, wait, what? There's like a whole thing here. I didn't even, you know, I, I never realized like this a whole industry as I just knock over my entire uh, 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 draft guide here on my yeah. laptop. The, uh, like, I never, I didn't realize like there was a freaking industry and this was a, you know, there were jobs to be had. Do you remember yeah. where you were? Uh, no, no, really. I mean, I used to listen to Sirius XM. I would listen to Ray oh. and Kyle, mm-hmm. Lenny. Um, yeah uh who else was on there um dave phillips okay. i didn't know who jeff mans was no um, no nobody did tommy brought you on i was subscribed to like scout fantasy that's how i knew tommy dr roto oh okay i would listen to dr roto and tommy at, at, as i was going to work because i think they had like the midnight shift or something like that yeah they took over for me uh, i had the oh, midnight was? Shift. yeah it yes. was like that was my i had the midnight shift and when i moved up to the days um eventually that yeah that dr roto and tommy and scout moved back to them mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah. kind of like kind of thought of it i mean but i didn't know like it was like that was tommy g's you know job or dr roto's job was that, right. that yeah i just thought they were just some guys that kind of like were like kind of like a dj just kind of like talked but i didn't yeah, think yeah. they were getting yeah they weren't like a fantasy so-called expert i guess i would say i mean that's yeah I mean, that's around that because I was working down at um down in DC, so I would ride about an hour and a half from where I'm work living now, and I would just listen to XM radio. So I would wow. just listen, whatever was on. It was between four and six, or on the way home between five and seven. You know, I would listen to whoever that was. You uh, we we absolutely like we were like ships in the night then because you're like you're talking about midnight show that I I had the midnight show originally at first I was on weekends and then moved up then I had the midnight show and then I moved to four to six and then you moved to, you were driving at midnights after that that's uh, I think that that's crazy but it also it reaffirms like how listening habits and people are always changing you know and who is on during those times when the commute is, is always big. I'm on four to six now. Um, you probably would have changed the channel by then, but yeah, <laughs> I, I think that's, it's a unique perspective to have, uh, at least for me coming from the serious XM side. Um, so what, again, you're, you just saw an ad for daily Roto sharks and said, Oh, I could do that. And I could write about fantasy. Yeah, I mean, they said a, they set a Twitter account out, and um, I didn't get paid for it. I mean, it was kind of like Duke was saying, you know, you you just take it. Yeah. You know, if there's an opportunity is given, you you know, just take it and run with it. Um, you know, they liked me enough to keep me on for baseball. Um, and baseball, they wanted someone to, to write about home runs, and that's kind of where the dong detector came from. That and that became that summer. It was like I could I could have a thirty for thirty on the dong detector. Yes. That summer. Because yes. like I dropped it in those Facebook groups and it became a cult following. Like people yeah. would reach out to me every day. They wanted it because 
-hmm. at that time, I think the balls were juiced that year, but I just happened to hit, I'd hit one or two a day and it was crazy. And there was one night in August where I kind of like just threw everything I knew about stuff. And there was, I hit six out of seven and I wish I could have gambled on that, you know, like I'm doing now. Right. And it just, that night I had so many followers, it was whatever. (laughs) And I remember they sent me a $50, like, paypal thing They're like hey man i appreciate it and i thought i was like the king of the world I was like, Shit, yeah man fifty dollars just for this this is fun <laughs> well uh, that, i mean it's fascinating and the dong detector is still i mean scotty's still doing that um writes it up in over at elite fantasy all the time remember you also uh, follow scott bonder on twitter at the bonder brand b-o-n-d-a-r brand b-r-a-n-d just like that at the bonder brand all one word on twitter um so you're doing that. So you got, you're, you're finding some success writing about home runs and you're, you're covering NBA at that point. I imagine you did some football mm-hmm. at that stage pre-season. too. Yeah. Preseason. I love preseason football. Um, yes. Just because there's such an edge and now they kind of get, they get rid of it pretty much getting down to three games. Cause three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. But there was such an edge because most people would just play the starters and it was the people in the fourth quarter, you know, that would be once winning money. And I think I would win more money on that than I ever would during the regular season because you had such an, like, you know, you just had so much free money. Um, So I wrote a little bit there and there. And, and um, that was like the only NFL I did with them. Um, I moved on to, uh, they ended up closing that company. They got bought out by uh, DFS Army. Okay. Yep. And DFS Army, I kind of carried the dong detector with them mm-hmm. and wrote some college football and preseason. Kind of did the same stuff. Um, they, they they were kind of structured like us. Like, um, you know, it, there, was a, there was an alpha that pretty much told everybody what they're writing. Uh-huh. Um, but I had free reign. I could write every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, I was paid per article, so I wrote every single day. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hell yeah, baby. <laughs> and I got uh, referrals, too. So anytime I signed anybody up for their company, they gave me, as long as it was the first time, they gave me the whole subscription, like the whole oh, month. Nice. Really? Yeah, so you could make you can make some money. I mean, there were guys that were making a couple extra grand Wow, That's by good. getting people joining just that month. So, yeah. Folks, so, we, I mean, you don't get paid. Like, when you start getting, and I talked about it before, and Scotty took, Duke mentioned it, didn't get paid at all. You didn't get paid at all. I started out writing for a company, then I didn't get paid. Then I started my own company, got no money there. You know, and, you know, it takes a long time. And I think, you know, we've started, I know when I was with Alarm, when we, we'd start people out for free, and then eventually 25 bucks a month. It just, just like, it's a crazy low amount but that's just what it is so making that kind of money in that fashion was pretty big for those days i'd imagine right yeah i mean it was an extra it was just an extra you know nice little chump change uh-huh. that we, would, we would you know the kids need school shoes or need something yep. we were able to do i mean it was i was blessed i mean to, to, like you said i mean to get any kind of money is is to do yeah. something you love and do something you definitely enjoy i mean there's times where I enjoy writing more than I like enjoy DFS. I mean, it was something that like, hell, I mean, if I could win DFS every day, it'd be the same thing. But, um, I, you know, that was, I'm, I was lucky, you know? Yeah. Well, um, I, I mean, luck equals, well, opportunity, but also like, motivation. You have to do it because you wouldn't get lucky. And I try to explain this to people all the time. Yeah. You know, my family, I grew up, my brothers, all that, that word bothers me. Luck. Sure. There's lucky things. 
but I do believe in affecting your own luck. And when you're a hard worker and you're out there grinding and you take a job for nothing, whatever, to get that opportunity, some people could say it's luck, sure. But I think you put yourself in that opportunity a lot too. You know what I mean? And like you said, if a company says, hey, we'll pay you whatever per article, you could say, all right, but I'm only doing Tuesdays and Thursdays because that's when it's convenient. Or you could say, fuck it. I'm smashing every single day. I'm going seven days a week. I'm writing an article every day. That's your hustle. That's your effort impacting that and affecting it. So I, I, you know, I think you make your own luck with that kind of stuff. And it definitely could tell you did here. So then, so you're out there. So that company gets bought out. You're doing some DFS army stuff. How did you come in contact with guru elite? Well, like what was the first um, awareness of, of guru elite? Cause that's when you started with us. Well, I was a sub um, when Tommy moved from scout to guru elite and then all the guys came, um, you know, Collins and draft cheat. And obviously you later on that NFL season, um, my buddy, Josh and I, we, we subbed, um, you know, he paid most of the subscriptions. <laughs> Thanks Josh. Thanks. Thanks buddy. <laughs> free shout out today though. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, we kind of st- went that way. And, mm-hmm. um, we stayed NBA. I think I stayed with Collins and draft sheet. I think that was the, the year um, for NBA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For NBA. But I, to get to where I am now, I think in like March of 2018, I started bombarding, bombarding the, uh, house account uh-huh. for a job. And I said, I said, Hey, I know I noticed you guys only have, you know, Nick writing the uh, home run articles. I can write it. You guys looking for anybody? Uh, not at this time, sir. <laughs> three weeks later, three weeks later, I said the same like thing. Hey, uh, you looking for anybody for MLB? Not this time, sir. Two months later, did we hey, say, sir? Really? I, well, I nothing at this time. I mean, okay, it was, it was, it was, if it was Rusty or whoever running that at the time, it was probably but, uh, me at that time to be. Oh yeah. With, oh yeah, yeah. I think other people even looked in there for a while. But Kevin I, I think, did. I think Kevin might have, but. Okay. It was nine times that I got the answer no before I finally got the, hey, reach out to MLB model. And then it was four more times before Rob actually responded back and said, uh, yeah, you know, email Jeff. And then you, you and I started talking about um, expectations and stuff like that. So it took about five to six months of just me kind of just pinging, pinging, pinging. And I think the only thing that kind of got me on, I saw – Ryan and um, who's the other guy we have at college doing college football? But there only had two guys. In Russell Clay, yeah. yeah, Russell, Russell, yeah. So they were getting overloaded because I was seeing that too at the same time for college football. And there's so many slates. College football is a monster to kind of have, but like, just two people running it like that. And then they have the weekday slates. So I figured I could help out. Like, hey, I'll write one article a week, two articles. What do you guys need? And um, eventually, it just stuck. Um, and I was, I was like. I was offered by another company pretty much, I think more money, but I was, I knew that elite fantasy was going to be something that would probably stick around mm-hmm. longer and also has more of a, a brand. I mean, at the time we still had Tommy we still had, you know, Kevin and yep. Benny, you know, he had, you know, big Nick Collins was still here too. Collins actually, I think left maybe a couple of days after I got here probably got scared. Oh, really? Yeah. He got like, scared. <laughs> He's like watching dollars and ran away. He's watching YouTube videos about yeah. stuff. 
Oh, pyrotechnics or something <laughs> this guy didn't have shit i gotta go <laughs> uh, i i'm actually i am in our account right now looking at the the dms from that that's back in 2018 you're you were right on too you said the exact thing hey i noticed you only have this i don't know yeah. if you only had this dude this is this is good stuff i mean that's the hustle folks for those that you want to break in and break through like this perseverance is really it it's funny because several of our guys some of our best guys you uh, Armando Marsal. I mean, that, that's exactly how it, it broke down. You know, it started going in, uh, and, and, you know, you just keep going, keep saying, Hey, I noticed, you know, you referencing what articles we had. Hey, only four articles today or only two articles on a slate. Like today could use some help. Like that stuff's big, you know, so, uh, pointing out ways you can help and areas that you could help. That's a pretty big thing. I love this. I love looking back at the account right now and seeing, uh, uh, old Scott Bonder DMs, dig it uh, right there. So at that point, so uh, man, so you're reaching out. I'm thinking, do you even know who I am at this point? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. I mean, like I said, I knew, I, I knew Tommy, I knew, I knew Jeff. Um, you know, obviously, uh, I didn't know who Rob was. I didn't know. I knew. The only thing I knew he did was the uh, projections in the uh, in the optimizer, model, yeah. optimizer and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would watch you and Tommy at the five o'clock uh, live streams. Yeah. Every, I'd have it on to be out there cooking grill and you guys would be talking about, you know, stacking the Yankees. Well, Tommy was. Stacking hey, Tommy would always stack the Yankees. Yeah. <laughs> it was that year too. Where, like they we went off. Yes. Judge, judge should have been the MVP that year instead of Altuve. Yeah. Uh, but that's, you know, so I knew who you were and I knew who he was. And then I kind of followed you guys still, but um, I was reading a book the other day. It's called the hero code. It's, written by a retired um, Navy SEAL. And one of the hero codes is per, per, uh, perseverance. You know, yeah. it's not taking a no for an answer. And I could still be writing you guys. I'd still be writing you guys if I was never, I, you know, because it's something that, you know, I looked forward to. There's not many companies that are at the level of elite. I mean, I'm not, you know, I know people have tried and got there. I mean, like a Roto Grinders has been around a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, shit i mean what i mean that's pretty much it i mean like fantasy alarm you were there but they're not really around anymore right um but i mean there's companies around but yeah they you know as far as like especially with dfs and branching out and stuff like that yeah i mean it's it's true and i think that's that's the other fascinating thing is because so you get here and you know i have a unique perspective where during that time, during that stretch, the company was as hot as it, it, it gets in fantasy. And, you know, subscribers were strong. Revenues are, are out of the f- absolute control. And we had such a, an amazing group of talent. And it's been – and then, you know, we've also suffered the consequences of what happens with success. And that's people leave. People get tired of doing the work. People get rich. People, You know, we've had that with the, the buyout of, of – uh, Orange Capital and, and all these kinds of things. How is it that you got in right as like we were still, you know, the company is great. I, I people always try to point at or paint us in a way, oh, you guys are in trouble. Trust me, folks, there's no troubles. Are we running as hot as we were in 2017? Hell no. But the entire industry as a whole isn't either. And uh, you got in right as we were going with 2018, right after the buyout, I believe, with Orange Capital, right? We had merged with Fancy Guru at that time, I think, mm-hmm. right? Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right around that time. Yep. So, like, what, what's it been like 
from your perspective with uh with people and you know we're losing pieces obviously you mentioned that collins and draft sheet and, and tommy and kevin and you know we lose some people both by their choice and some by our choice i won't tell you which is which everybody but uh you know has have you been like is it does it worry you what's it been like from the inside uh it, it, it no i mean it never worried me because i i just would probably just write whatever on, on my on the own I'm just kind of post stuff on twitter but um it was intimidating to a point i mean i think i mentioned this before we got on you know there were guys in the company like draft pete or draft treat draft treat uh collins i think tommy took tommy a year to follow me and i was working in the company with him <laughs> on twitter <laughs> and that was me like writing an email on twitter it's like hey tommy can you follow me back maybe one of these yeah. times How about i did that to pete too and uh-huh. um you know you can tell the guys that were out like had the egos and you can tell the guys that didn't i mean benny helped me out a ton with the cash articles rad thad dude oh, rad and i actually he's the only guy in the company i think i have a, a, an email a phone number and a text and <laughs> him and i talked almost almost every day during the pandemic because him being he's a radiologist i'm an, an x-ray tech so oh, we yeah. talked about covid a lot and stuff right. like that um but i you love know, it rad thad is one of the best man i yeah, mean he's, just he's awesome. he really he's is just one of the best people i've ever known i mean this goes beyond anything just simply one of the best people i've ever known it's f- so fortunate yeah, um to know him and to uh, have worked with him all these years but yeah dude, that's a good that's a good guy to be close to yeah exactly he you know he was one of those guys that kind of just reached back and you know that's what you got to do. I mean, if there's guys coming through now, you know, I would have no problem reaching them out. You know, I get people text messaging me, asking me or sending me direct messages, asking me for home runs and, you know, whatever. And I just send them what I, what I think is the best option. You know, if it's in my article, I send my article. I mean, you know, they might be customers for elite. They may not, but you know, it's like we mentioned, it's, it's customer service. You know, we're in a business to make people um, help people win and also help them teach. But, you know, we don't have customer service. We don't have customers and then we don't have a job. And, you know, mm-hmm. um, I'm grateful to have other ways of income, but some of these folks in the industry don't, they rely on that, you know, and that's something I think you lose sight of as you win these live tournaments and you live things, because I'm not here if it's not for the customers, you know, I'm not right. sitting here on a podcast with Jeff Manns, who's been in the industry for 20 some years if it wasn't for the customers, if it wasn't for the people that are going to subscribe to this uh, you know, podcast and stuff like that. So, I mean, I'm grateful for that, you know? So I think that's important that as, you know, if you're going to get in this industry, you know, it's awesome to reach out to Jeff. It's awesome to reach out to me, reach out to Dukes, whoever, but remember where you came from, you know, you, you yes. gotta, realize, you gotta realize you were the guy grinding every day for free, you know, that's how you do it. I mean, you just got to, pers- you know, persevere and, and you know, it's a, an answer. And man, I, I love it. I No, I, <laughs> I love it. Everything you're saying is you're so right on. And, you know, we try to, you know, tell people the right way. I mean, it's the same for me. I appreciate it. By the way, 16, 17 years, I think now in the business, I haven't hit 20 yet, but it's getting damn near close. I'll tell you my career with in fantasy sports would never have been made. And I've said this before without a guy named Al Williams at fantasy alarm, because I was doing work. I was grinding it out. I had my own side a little bit here, a little bit there, you know, whatever. And, uh, and got, 
introduced to a guy who was starting a new company called fantasy alarm. And he had this idea, we're going to own the phone and we're doing this thing and, and just got to talking to him and then did some work with them. And then we would just be talking all the time. And eventually he's like, well, why don't you just join us? And at that point, like, you know, your ego's like, ah, come on, man, I got my own thing, you know, but I'm like, you know what? You're right. It, this, you know, I think our ways would match and he needed somebody to provide content and, went over there and without Al, like, you know, doing all the business stuff. So I could concentrate on doing the work. I did better work. He paved the way to a lot of the opportunities I ended up getting. And, and, you know, the career took off from that and been fortunate to win some things here and there. That's for sure. But without that opportunity and without somebody, you know, giving me that boost, it never happens. You know what I mean? So I'm glad that you're aware of things like that. I'm glad you know in, in the right way to do it because if you forget, if you know, I've won a lot of money doing DFS and, and whatnot. If I ever said, and I've made that decision long ago after having some success, I'm like, you know what? Do I want to just be a player? You know how much easier like my life with all our lives if we just played and won what we make and we don't, you know, we don't make a ton of money doing this part. It's like, no, I want to help people it's what's in your blood i talk about the neanderthal gene with football players like you can't like my son will never be a football player because he's not he doesn't have that gene he's too timid you know what i mean he loves sports knows the game but you have to have it in your blood and if you don't have the hard work and the dedication to the customer like you're talking about scotty this business isn't for you you know what i mean no matter how good you may be at being an analyst or a player you know, being an analyst at a fantasy sports company, it's never going to be in you unless you put the customers first always, no matter what success you may have. So I love hearing you talk about that because it's the truth. Yeah. I mean, I have a guy, you know, CG, Ben, those guys gave me the opportunity. I mean, you gave me an opportunity for a guy that you never knew who the heck he was, but you know, you know, so I'm appreciative of that. Um, Alan Funk, these guys like that, that came before me. Yeah, I'm, I'm, there's another guy that probably doesn't like you. <laughs> like <laughs> Steve, Steve Renner. Renner Steve, yeah. Yeah. Steve, I, that's another thing I want to talk to you about. Cause it's, it's fascinating. Obviously I have, you know, there's, there's a good following people that like my work and appreciate it. And then there's people that absolutely like, they just sit there. I'm convinced they sit there and there's like, Nope, got him. Like as soon as he opens his fucking mouth, I'm going to get this guy and people like that. And it, it comes with the territory. I don't take per, I normally don't take personal offense unless they make it personal. Steve's one of those guys. And then I see, you know, you talk to him and I'm like, well, you know, what is that? Is it hard for you? Is it hard to be associated with the company? Tommy did this when he was here too. And I know from my perspective, but I'm curious on yours, you know, when I get into a big Twitter war and people are saying shit, oh, man's is a fraud. That's I think Steve's thing was that, or the smash tool is something that's been built long time ago. What does that do for you as somebody works with the company and you're sort of caught in between, how are you able to navigate those waters? Uh, yeah well yeah like uh, steve lives 20 30 minutes away from me and we've never actually met we've exchanged phone numbers we talk every now and then he was in a group (laughs) chat for a while with a lot of those guys i'd mentioned earlier Mm -hmm. um but i mean to me it's it's i I have two different worlds i mean in my world here and and i don't ever get into twitter fights 
Um, the people listening, I mean, Jeff is not the guy you hear on the radio. Jeff is probably one of the most <laughs> likable and humble and helpful. The dude might get back to you in a couple of days, but he'll get back to you with the right answer. And, I, and I'm not just kissing his ass because I'm on the pod, but it's legit. You know, I, I had this persona of Jeff before I kind of joined. Um, mm-hmm. I tell my buddy George all the time, and he's he's trying to get in the industry just as much as he. I said, dude, oh, nice. reach out to Jeff, reach out to these guys. I mean, they're very helpful. Um, they're not like they are on the radio. It's like <laughs> wrestling. Yeah. They have to they have to give a persona, you know, the angry mans that you sure. heard in the last podcast. Yes. But um, you know, you know, I don't really carry the elite. I wear my t-shirt every now and then, but I don't carry the elite flag because there's no point of getting on there and, and proven wrong just because you invented Goldschmidt in, in Milwaukee and yes. all the stuff like that doesn't mean it's not a a thing that everybody uses. I mean, everybody knows. JD Martinez hits off a left-handed pitcher. So, uh-huh. you know, is that someone that you invented? Is it something Rainer invented? Is it something I invented? Like, who cares? <laughs> like to me, I, I sit there, you know, some of the stuff that Tommy would do, um, you know, even uh the guy what is it? Pete Pete was awesome on Twitter. He's he's entertaining and fun, uh-huh. but some of that stuff is just it's nonsense. Um, I don't know if you'd say that stuff or some of these people would say it to your face if they saw you in Arizona at, at the Starbucks. Right. Um, that's the thing that you got to realize, you know, and I think a lot of these people, what do they say? They're most of those people either hate you or they want to be you or they're jealous of you or whatever that is. And, and I'd imagine the, the position that you're in in the industry is somewhere a lot of people are, are envious of that. So, I mean, I, I don't, yeah, really, I don't really pick sides. I think mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's, you know, I do my own thing. And if it, it, I, he's never like reached out to me and said, Oh, you're working for that piece of ass. You know? And it's like, <laughs> it's not like that. I think Runner yeah. does a good job personing himself as a heel on Twitter. And I think that's just something he, he enjoys. I think it's a, uh, it's just a problem in social media in general social. And that's the thing. I think it's such a difference in the fantasy industry specifically. It, like it used to be so much more, I hate to say uplifting because it was never like, Totally uplifting. There's always disagreements and arguments. I don't want to pretend that that was the case, but it used to be more helpful. Like people really did help. Like even before I worked with Tommy or DC or any of these guys, like we, we would talk about sports and we disagree and stuff, but it wouldn't be like, you're a fraud and a clown and everything you say is wrong. And it would never, but it's not like that just in fantasy. It's like that everywhere. And it's like that on Instagram, it's like that on Twitter and Facebook. It's just like, no matter what sector or section you're in, people can't have conversations anymore. It goes immediately for the throat. It goes immediately towards hate. And there's just like, there's no other way around it. So that it is fascinating to me like that. And I think the industry used to be a lot closer because I've always been open to talking about other people and other companies and all this stuff. I mean, sometimes they, they want you not to don't mention roto grinders. Like, what are you talking about? Of course. Why wouldn't you mention a company or people or anything like that? Like I never understood the being afraid of that either to, to talk about it, you know, and there's no, no topic I won't talk about, especially on this show um, whatsoever, but, yeah, I find that I do. I will say this to you, and I mean it for all my staff at Lead Fantasy. One thing that I know that has been difficult for me, one thing I, it was a major shortcoming for sure, is like I sometimes I don't understand how me 
going out on a limb or going on a rant on the radio or whatever does affect you guys or our company overall when people start attacking elite then because of something I did like that's something I've had to learn a lot in the recent last couple of years really it's you know because it used to be just do your job I used to just do my job and now like you mentioned it is a little different because if I go out there and I, I mean I've got myself in Twitter trouble like real trouble I tell I I yelled at Matt Carpenter when he had a, his wife had a baby for taking too many days off. And it was like, I was like canceled. Like they wanted, I was on the phone with Sirius XM. Like everybody was like, you know, got picked up by NBC and everybody ran with it. And I was like, Oh shit. You know, it was one of those moments where I, and I realized it's one thing to affect yourself. And if I say something that gets myself in trouble or whatever, fine, but I, I it's, uh, it's tough when it's, it, it might affect you or Rob or Rusty or Ricky or CJ or any of our, our great group over here, you know, those, that is a, a tough, you know, um, tough way to walk. Yeah. I kind of feel like I'm like the Mr. Magoo of the company where I just <laughs> no, kind of like Ted Schuster. That's Ted Schuster. Oh yeah. I mean, I mean, persona wise, probably Ted, but I mean, as far <laughs> as like, walking through and the and the trees just kind of fall behind me or in front of me i just kind of miss it you know i kind of just keep going forward um you know i never i just it, whatever man i mean i i think i write and i don't want to humble i humbly brag i think i write the most sports at the company i mean i think i cover college football nba mlb uh nfl nfl yeah. and i cover just one more the only one i don't cover is soccer mma and then all those video game ones i don't call sports <laughs> yeah, in the PGA. But I mean, and that's fine because I, I enjoy that. You know, I, I, I'll, I'll cover PGA if you ask me to cover PGA. I mean, you know. We need US you to Open. cover PGA. Oh, yeah, USA, US Open this weekend. You know, I'm ready. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's the type of thing. I think, you know, there's there's egos in life. And I think that's what, what folks get the, the biggest, uh, you know, hurt feelings of over is because, you know, does it make a difference if Jeff says that Julio Jones is going to score a touchdown? And he doesn't score a touchdown that day. I mean, really, I mean, or if, you know, I just, if right. the guy scores three touchdowns because he made the call, I mean, it's great. You got him at 1%, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's daily fantasy. I think Benny taught me that where he was like, dude, you make bad picks, but guess what? Tomorrow is the next day, you know, make right. better picks, you know, or if you don't, you just keep going. And the consistency being firm, fair, and consistent, that's another military, um, term is as long as you pe treat people fair firm and consistent they can't really waver on you you know if you treat everybody like an, like an asshole as long as you treat Warner, scott jeff mike whoever mm -hmm. as assholes they are no at least where you're coming from you know right. rather than these people flipping back and forth right um That's and you worst. know hey yeah i'm on jeff's side for this but i'm on this jeff but speaking of Jeff and back and forth we were talking about this before did you see the first pitch for uh mayhill drop 500 rotations per minute or per minute five, five, 500 rotations um uh, molly of the the trevor molly the uh reds pitcher today yeah his spin rate dropped on his 500 first. rpms no yeah. holy holy yeah, shit saw that pop up on Twitter. what do you think of that i mean by the way folks one other thing with scott bonder here uh he's gonna be taking over doing some cash game breakdowns for us at leadfantasy.com i will tell you guys i think everybody knows i'm very 
I'm very particular on the cash game breakdowns. It's, you know, I, it's the whole company is my baby, quite honestly. But, um, you know, the cash breakdown is tough because it's a different vibe. Cash game players aren't just swinging for the fences and, you know, all that stuff. So it's a very particular. So I'm very strict on who's writing these articles. And I'm very pleased you've done it before, uh, obviously. And, you know, I, I have a lot of trust in you. So you're going to be taking over doing some of those cash game breakdowns with Ted Schuster as I move into more NFL stuff. But what what are your opinions of that? What are your opinions, Scotty, with uh, – is this going to crash a lot of elite level starting pitchers? Molly had 12 strikeouts today, by the way. Holy shit. Yeah, which is interesting. Um, so kind of like back. I, I think, you know, you you got these guys just like the uh, – we had the PED um, things where you, you kind of get these tarnishing things where these guys' images are going to start getting – like Garrett Cole, when he was asked that question, looked like, you know, someone just kind of like, what? Caught him on a, on a murder or something. And, right. And like completely – you know, so I hope in, you know, 10, 15 years, these guys are held to the same standards that a Barry Bonds or a Roger Clemens, if they're going to hold these guys out of, the, out of the Hall of Fame for so long. But I think, you know, it's just like it's one Manfield. He's the worst. I mean, he really is. He, the only thing I liked about the changes is the second guy on second base and the extra innings. I think that makes sense because it takes forever to score runs in baseball. So putting somebody right. in the important position makes sense. But for him not to do anything, I think Carlos Rendon said it, for him not to do anything for the Astros, and then they're going to suspend people for, for having substances, like, get the fuck out of here. Like, come yeah. on. The Astros, I'm a Nationals fan. Had the Astros won the World Series that year, I'd have been so pissed off, like the Dodgers fans. Right. I mean, it's just, you know, but to me, I think it's going to, you know, one thing Warner made up a good point, it's a, it's a, con, like a labor year. So, I mean. Yes. You know, he's being going baseball's real Baseball's in trouble. Yeah, he's hot taking, like, we're not going to have baseball next April, which he might be awesome. right about. Yeah, yeah, which is – so this is this is a big thing. I think I saw Pete Alonzo said that he was talking about having, like, they have had the juice balls the one year, yep. and then he's looking at it now this year. It's a free agent thing, and it was like some sort of weird, like, under, behind-the-scenes kind of lingo. He was talking, like, how this is all set up by the owners and stuff, and – Right. Uh, they they let people get away with it who's having a free agent year and they want they're also trying to force them into free agency to certain cities because it's you know when you're a big exactly. player and you're in Cleveland that doesn't do well for the league or Kansas City they want you uh, in LA or they want you in New York or they want mm -hmm. you in Philadelphia or they want you know somewhere Chicago somewhere in a big city that's I, I think that there is some truth in that I, I'm very, very curious on how this all goes. I agree. Baseball's been in trouble. I know they're in trouble. They're in trouble from a lot of different ways. The, I think we saw it during COVID when they are fighting over what percentage of money they get when they meanwhile mm -hmm. cost themselves probably 60 extra game checks for, mm -hmm. from that. They could have made a lot more money if they just started playing which they didn't do. And, you know, the DH rule that's been antiquated for 40 years that not having a DH in the NL is just a disaster. Uh, you you got to have symmetry here. You know, they're just all over the map. And Rob Manfred, like you're talking about the commissioner of baseball, dude, doesn't, it's bad leadership. When you have bad leadership, mm -hmm. everything falters, you know, and I think that's, that's totally true. And one thing I'll say is I don't think I'm paying up for pitching 
in DFS for a while. You know what I mean? Like Glasnow and Cole and Bauer, these guys were cheat codes for the first couple of months and we were paying up. I, I'm going to have a lot of hesitancy here, Scott, when, uh, you know, every single day when these guys, it, it, unless it's a Jacob DeGrom, who by the way is on the Hill as we speak right now. And I think he got like an RBI single, but I'm not, I don't, I can't pay 12 K for a guy that's going to lose 25% of their RPMs on the spin rate on their fastball or their curveball. Like, I don't think I could do that. No, I think, uh, you know, you're going to have guys getting hurt too, just because like he was saying, I mean, Glassdown brought that Glass point now. up where you're gripping the ball harder now, you know, you're changing mechanism. I mean, in the middle, if it's, it's one thing, if it's spring training, you're only going to throw three innings or maybe like, you know, a couple batters. But you're expected to go six innings. You're gonna; these guys are gonna get starting to hurt. And I think a yeah. couple of guys already went to the IL just to kind of get away from maybe yes. kind of you working on stuff in the background, possibly um, to kind of get used to it. I'd expect. Um, so it's it, it's an interesting thing, um, especially you know the longevity of this of how it's gonna play out. I mean, we're just kind of seeing like the tip of it at this point. You know, yes. I mean, it, it's gonna. It's a long time coming. It will go into the collective bargaining agreement for baseball after this year. Whether we have baseball next April, we shall see. Because uh, th- they've got a lot to work out after the 2021 season. That's for sure. But uh, um, you know, we're here for it. You know, guys. I mean, th- it's also. Um, um, so, oh, I want to get back to this, the, uh, you doing the cash game breakdowns. Are you going to put do- the dong detector in there? Your public wants to know, Scotty B. Will the dong detector be making a cash game appearance? Yeah. My year? big, my biggest fan, George, uh, who I talk to all the time, he, yeah. he's always looking for the dong detector every day. So George, it'll be on there, buddy. I love, so, yeah. I love that. Already Saturday. Saturday's the debut. That's true. This Saturday. Yeah. By the time you guys are listening to this uh, about Saturday. So a couple days away um, from Scotty B's cash game breakdowns. Again, get that leadfantasy.com. We do have a summer special. Everybody who's interested. We have, we have these new tools, elite sports data as well. Uh, I know you and I were talking a little bit before the show about that, the smash tool, something I've been working on. That, that's another thing. Like I spent two years working on this tool, me and Ray flowers, just trying to get everything right with it. You know, I think that's where the Steve Renner stuff came. That's right. He's like, everybody has this. And I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. no, I promise you they don't. I, I know what people think that maybe the smash tool is, but it is, the smash report over on Lee Sports Data, it's not what it is. And it's not a matter of just pitch type ratings. And we're not just going and ripping off baseball savants. See, I don't, I don't believe in that. I think when somebody does something like what baseball savant does or what fan grabs does, you know, that's their thing. I don't believe, and that's something I'm very sensitive about within the industry. It's like, man, when somebody creates it, that's theirs. I get it. There'll be variations. I understand. But this, uh, the smash report is not a, uh, a rating system or a ranking, if you will, of the pitch type. It, it incorporates pitch type. Um, it, it it, it uh, brings in zone data and, you know, who hits low balls, middle, mid-level uh, balls and high pitches as well. It correlates that with their matchup of the day. It doesn't just match up hitter versus pitcher. It matchups hitter versus the starting pitcher plus the full bullpen. It, it also goes the starting pitcher versus the, the projected and then eventually the final lineup 
for those days. It's sortable. Uh, it's our own unique, you know, and we, me and Ray Flowers, we've been working for two years, as I said, sort of wait, waiting these, these categories and measuring these categories. Everything is based on a, against the average of the league. So everything you see in green players are performing at a better level or they're in a better matchup. Everything red is below average, everything in the middle, which is the majority of players because anything in the middle in DFS, Scott, you know, that doesn't mean shit. We're looking for outliers. We're looking for the best or the worst. And uh, so that's what the smash report is all about. So that's why I got on Steve. I, I got pissy with Steve. Cause he's like, you've had it since 2017. And I'm like, brother, I promise you, I promise nobody's had this. It's never been done. I know what's out there. I know what everybody, nobody's done what we're doing here. Yeah. And the three top guys from the early slate today, Zunino, Otani, and Fernando Tatis, all homered. And they were the top oh, three guys in the smash report. Hell so, yeah, buddy. That's what I'm talking yeah. about. It, uh, it's, it's running hot. And that's mm. the thing. It's not just, and again, Tatis, Acuna, fine. Of course. Right. Some of those, but you know, we've had Garrett Cole, we've had Trevor Bauer, we've had um, like the Grom today was close. I think our pitchers for the evening slate actually our Savali didn't work out very well, mm -hmm. but it, he was very close to Degrom, even though realistically and skill level, you know, Degrom's in a world of his own, of course. And that's what we're talking about. It's not just how good a player is. Everybody knows how good a player is for the most part, right? You know the studs you know the duds it's when does a dud become a stud when does a stud become a dud it's that's what the smash report is all about but uh, i love that the first three i didn't know that no, yeah no, the site's know. awesome like just to go on here like the yankees are playing toronto right now just to watch the game mm -hmm. like i was telling rob i mean i it's so fun because it's not just like it actually shows the ball where the ball is hit when it's hit rather than just showing it like hit run and play which you would watch for mlb like this one, you got a guy batting right now, and the ball goes to the shortstop, and it actually, you know, whatever shows it. I think it's awesome. Like to me, it's like it's so it's such a great tool, and it's got so much stats on here. So, yeah. you know, people love Savant. People love the like the I played at Roto uh, Grinders and stuff like that. But this mm -hmm. is like, rock, rusty. You guys, I mean, you guys did a hell of a job putting this thing together. And if you're not in the beta, I would try to get on the beta as soon as possible because it's. It's yeah, such it a fun site. And really you're going to want to be there for football because I've already started. I started last year. Folks yeah. that listen to Sirius XM show on, on Thursdays and they read the cash game breakdowns, my cornerback metrics that again, I mean, they're not public. They're, they're the information on who plays zone, who plays man, what their zone radius is, what their coverage radius is, you know, actual numbers, stuff used by NFL uh, front offices and coaching staffs. That's how I, I don't just line up. This guy plays the left side. This guy plays the right side. No, 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 no. That is not what we're doing. And that's what elite sports data is going to be. Going to have my cornerback ratings, going to have my in the trenches, offensive line versus defensive line matchups every single week. Uh, all that data is going to be in there as well. So the football season is going to be lit. We'll definitely get in the beta. Check that one out as well. Scotty B, man, we've ran over an hour already, brother. Anything else that uh, we didn't get to talk about that you wanted to get out there? No, I mean, I just appreciate you come, bring, come, having me come on. Um, this was fun. Um, <laughs> I don't know how you do this every day, though. So I appreciate your uh, hustle. <laughs> talking is, is probably uh, 
Very uh, difficult. Yeah. Talking to yourself is really difficult. I, I have a buddy that works for uh, one of the radio stations around here. And uh, uh-huh. Jer- Jeremy Cohn. Um, he actually. Oh, yeah. With- I know Jeremy. Yeah. You, yeah, yeah Jeremy. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yep. He yeah. worked with Mo. Uh, with Mo. That was uh, the, the little um, Orioles fan and Ravens yeah. fan. Yeah, yeah. I know Jeremy's like, dude, come on down to the studio. It's not easy talking for four hours straight. <laughs> yeah, I know. To yourself. It is. Uh, uh, yeah, you, man. I can imagine that's a whole nother level. It, it's it's every now and then, like, especially last week when I did the angry man's episode, like I was just pissed off, man. I mean, that's one thing calmer now, but when people start ripping us off, I, I saw, I, I'll put a top five out there during the Sirius XM show and, you know, 20 minutes later and it gets a lot of interaction. And then 20 minutes later, I see that FanDuel doing it. I'm like, Oh, bullshit. Come on. You don't do the exact, like I'm talking about like random things like favorite fictional baseball player, you know? And then they're like favorite fictional, but I'm like, come on. You don't just, it's a Wednesday in June. You're not just coming up with that. You know what I mean? Like I've had this shit planned for months. Oh boy. That drove me. Uh, Same thing as the cash articles. I mean, our cash articles are out at like two in the morning yeah, and then all of a sudden people are having the same plays, you know, it's like, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. That's something that took a lot to get used to. And, you know, it's one of those things about putting your, your content out at that time. But again, that's where we've had to make those decisions that you and I talked about earlier. It's like, I would rather have, you know, people want this stuff when they're going to work, maybe their cup of coffee in the morning, maybe in the middle of their day at lunchtime, whenever they want to know, okay, I've got something here to go on. I got, I got information. I've got as much as, you know, I, there's something to snack on. We'll throw, we'll have the GPP articles up. We've got coaching and everything else over lead fantasy, but you know, having that cash game breakdown out bright and early in the morning, I, I think is a good service. And I know it gets copied. I know, especially when you re- we write up, you'll reference why you think this guy's going to hit a home run in the dong detector. And then the next thing you see it on Twitter, like two hours later, like, Oh, come on, man. Like I, I spent two hours coming up for, you know, digging for that bit of info. And that next thing you know, somebody just spouts it off. Like comes with the territory though. It's all good. I mean, that's, you know, we, we won't stop. We won't keep grinding. That is for sure. Uh, Scott Bonder, man, it has been an absolute pleasure. Everybody make sure you guys are following Scotty B at the Bonder brand, B O N D A R brand, just like normal. On Twitter, the cash game breakdown will be up on Saturday as well. He does the early bird article. I mean, I honestly, I think the early bird is one of the best things that we do on a site. Honest, I really strongly believe that. I've told people that. I mean, Kenneth, I, it's tough for you to do, I know. But when you get that early slate, people want to play that four, three, four, five, or four, five game slate on a Wednesday morning, man. Scotty B's been there for him. Uh, I think that's huge advantage because there's real money to be one in those shorter slates yeah yeah no there was a 10 up for 10k on um fandle today's morning um nice. yeah i think 50k for uh draft games. so yeah those slates are are, are also interesting too because they're getaway days sometimes on thursdays so mm-hmm. yeah so yeah and getaway right, days the guys will be resting and they'll try to fly through it and yeah a lot of a lot of stuff you really have to be on top of it that's why we trust our guy scott bonder to do that man uh learned a lot about scotty b man your military service i want to thank you again for that uh from all of us listeners uh, means a lot to every single one of us even whether we know it or not um your service means a lot 
Uh, all right, that's going to do it, everybody, for episode. Is there any final words, Scotty B, before we let you go? Uh, no, my daughter is banging on the door, so it's perfect yes, timing. Yeah. Perfect timing, can, man. The great. family's calling. He has to. He balances work and family and everything else. One of that's why he's one of my favorites. Everybody uh, at the Bonder Brand on Twitter. It's going to do it for episode seventy, everybody. Appreciate you guys coming out again. Tell a friend, spread the word. We'd love to pump out more episodes, get more guests on, talk to more of our elite team over there, Elite Sports Network as well. You can follow me at the or the jeff mans on facebook instagram snapchat and tiktok at uh at jeff underscore mans on twitter fantasy guru the draft guide is out now go there early bird pricing through the month of june check it out our summer special on elitefantasy.com and elite sports betting.com as well i want to thank scott bonder for joining me on this episode Appreciate you guys uh, tuning us in. Make us part of your day. Remember, you may disagree with something or everything that you heard throughout today's show, and it's perfectly all right. Why? Because it was one man's opinion. We'll see you next time, everybody. Deuces!